Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... I'm E.G. Marshall, and this is the doorway to a world of mysterious entertainment. Actually, of course, your ear is the doorway, that marvelous sensitive organ that turns sound into pictures inside your head. But for some, the sightless people of this world, the ear is even more important and more sensitive. The blind can learn to do astonishing things and to cope with many situations. But can a sightless man stand up against someone who has not only eyes and ears, but a gun? That's the challenge facing Joe Traeger, ex-cop, whose desire for revenge may be stronger than his common sense. Joe, you can't go through with this. I don't care how many parlor tricks you've learned. Oh, parlor tricks. (laughs) Rick, hey, uh, hand me those darts over there. I feel like throwing a few. Joe, I don't care if you throw six bullseyes, you're still blind. And you can't stop a killer without your eyes. Our mystery drama, The Bluff, was written especially for the Radio Mystery Theater by Henry Slesser and stars Larry Haynes. It is sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. occasional divorce action thrown in for spice. There are days when Rick Pearson regrets ever leaving the police force for private work. And perhaps it was pure nostalgia that led him to the front door of a small white house in Sausalito. Yes? Hello. I'm, uh, I'm looking for Joe Traeger. He lives here, doesn't he? Yes, he lives here. He's my father. Oh, no kidding. And you live here, too? Yes, I'm his daughter. It's a nice arrangement. Yeah, very nice. I always knew Joe had a daughter, but I guess I visualized something in pigtails and braces about 10, 11 years old. Sorry. I was 10 years old once, but I never had pigtails. (laughs) Or braces, for that matter. Now, why don't you tell me who you are? Well, I'm an old friend of your father's. My name is Rick Pearson. I did call. Oh, yes. He said something about an old friend coming over... Only I thought it would be somebody, well, older. Is it all right to come inside now? Of course. Were you one of his officers? Yes, five years ago, San Francisco PD. And how long has it been since you've seen him? Oh, it must be five years. I was here on business, so I thought I'd get in touch with him. Well, maybe there's something you don't know about my father. Yes, I'm blind, Rick. Uh, That's what she's going to tell you. Joe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, don't look so surprised. I've uh, been blind for two years. Uh, I'm used to it by now. Yeah, you'll get used to it, too. Joe, you didn't say anything when I called. Uh, When I said I'd be glad to see you, uh, that was only a figure of speech. If you'll excuse me. Well, what do you think of my little girl, Rick? She is a beauty, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, that was an even bigger surprise. (laughs) Oh, you married, Rick? Some gal got you yet? 
Oh, one of them caught me, but she threw me back. I'm divorced. Hey, that's great. I'm glad to hear it. You know, I've been looking for some smart single guy to come along and take this woman off my hands. Uh, hey, Evie, did you hear that? Joe, uh, she left. Your daughter just left. Huh? That's funny. I didn't hear her go. I can usually tell. Yeah, well, she's gone, Joe. Yeah. Well, never mind. Uh, come on, let's go in the study and have a drink. I want to hear all about the last five years. Yeah, sure. And I'd like to hear about last year. Well, come on, tell me about it, Rick. How do you like the private detective racket? Oh, I'm doing okay, Joe. I work for some corporations, industrial spies, stuff like that. That's why I'm here in California tracking down an embezzler. But I just heard this morning they arrested him in Albany. Well, I'm glad you decided to drop by. I don't get to see the old gang much anymore. I don't get to see anybody. Joe. Joe, what happened? I meant what I said about Evie. Propose to her, Rick. Do me a favor and marry her. That's, that's the worst part of being blind. Evie clucks around me all day like a mother hen. You know, they don't come any more beautiful than Evie. Now, you saw that, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a dish, all right. Just like her mother. The image of her mother. Uh, here. Okay, here, look at this. Hmm? It's my wife, Rick. You never met Sylvia. Just look at that picture, huh? Yeah, you're right, Joe. She's beautiful. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? A mug like me marrying a woman that beautiful? the real curse of this blindness, not being able to see that beautiful face anymore. Yeah, Joe, tell me what happened. Ah, uh, yeah, you, you, you don't want to hear long, boring stories. Hey, uh, uh, hand me those darts over there, okay? Darts? Yeah. Yeah, uh, on the desk. Uh, and uh, why don't you sit down, Rick? Make yourself comfortable. Joe, how did you know I wasn't sitting down? Now, here, uh... Let's see if I can get close to that bullseye. <clears throat> How'd I do? That's fantastic. <laughs> well, you just missed the ring next to the bullseye. Oh, well, well I can do better than that. <clears throat> yeah, it's a little closer this time. Yeah. Oh, no, hey, uh, don't sit on that chair, Rick. Uh, take this one. It's more comfortable. Okay, okay, I give up. How did you know I was standing, and how did you know which chair I was in? <laughs> Not bad for a blind guy, huh? Come on, Joe. Uh, well, okay. Okay, it's uh, simple enough. I knew you were standing because I could hear the floor creaking where you were at. And I knew you were in that chair because of where your voice came from. And the darts? Oh, <laughs> can't give away all my secrets, Rick. Come back for dinner tonight. Maybe I'll show you a few more tricks. Mr. Pearson? Hmm? Uh, Mr. Pearson, wait. Oh, hi, Evie. Listen, why don't you call me Rick? Could I talk to you a minute? Sure, I'd be delighted. In here, please. Good. Listen, uh, maybe you can tell me a few things I don't know. I can show you something you don't know. Come over here, by the window. Yeah, okay. Look out into the garden. Do you see her? Well, I see somebody. Who is it? My mother. Sylvia? I never met her, you know. How's she taking all this? Look closely, Mr. Pearson. Rick. Look very closely at her face. Okay. Good Lord. 
Not many people see her looking like that. She wears a mask when she's indoors. A mask that they made especially to hide her disfigurement. What in heaven's name happened to her? The same thing that happened to my father. And what was that? Joe didn't tell me. It isn't just my mother's face that was destroyed. A part of her mind was, too. She doesn't speak anymore. But it's the only change my father is aware of. Do you understand? No. No, I don't understand a thing. Why don't you tell me right from the beginning? All right. I will. It was because of Wolf Lang. The Wolf Lang? That's right. I'm sure you remember him. Oh, yeah, sure. He's in the Gangster Hall of Fame by now. I don't even know if he's still alive. Oh, yes. He's alive. Sick, but alive. They keep him in an iron lung at some private hospital. Funny, isn't it? All those state and federal efforts to put him in prison. And polio does it. Who says there isn't any justice? I never said it. I do. It started about four years ago when Wolf Lang moved his operation to the West Coast. Daddy headed up a police task force to keep him in line. They weren't out to get him. The most they wanted to do was contain him. But you know Daddy. He wanted all or nothing. Daddy was putting together a case against Lang that would have guaranteed his indictment. He kept very quiet about it, of course, but not quiet enough, in my opinion. He told one cop too many. And what happened? It was a night in June. A beautiful spring night. Daddy was in the study when the doorbell rang. I'll get it, honey! Evening, Mrs. Traeger. Who is it, Sylvia? I've got something for you, Mrs. Traeger. rushed out into the hallway when he heard Mother scream. She was holding her face in both hands. The body was twisted with pain, and the man who threw the acid was still in the doorway, almost as if he was enjoying watching her. He had a glass in his hand. Daddy went for him, of course, and that's what he wanted, because he threw what was left of the acid straight into Daddy's eyes. Good Lord. He was blinded, Rick. Mother's sight was spared because he only splashed the lower part of her face. But so heavily that she was burned terribly. Even the bone was eaten by the corrosive. Were they alone? Yes. I was out. You can imagine what it was like to come home and find them both. My father blinded and helpless. And my mother unconscious from the pain. Disfigured. I never heard about this, Evie. Why didn't it hit the papers big? They didn't let it. They were hoping to make the assailant careless. It didn't work. But you said that Wolf Lang was the guy. There wasn't any proof, Rick. Daddy's case was only half completed. And he couldn't identify the acid thrower, could he? He was blind. Yeah. And your mother? She might have seen his face. We don't know. But she never spoke again, Rick. She still hasn't. They say she may never speak. She was a beautiful woman, Evie. Yes, and vain, too. At the beginning, they tried plastic surgery, but there was something about her skin. It wouldn't heal. If anything, it made things worse. 
can I say something stupid? I'm sorry, Eddie, for all of you. But just tell me if there's anything I can do. Yes. You can come to dinner tomorrow. I still don't understand, Daddy. Who was this man you saw this morning? Uh, it uh, wasn't a man. Uh, it was a doctor. Not feeling well, Joe? No, no, no. Never felt better in my life. Then why the doctor? Yeah, who took you there? Oh, a young cop named Turk Waddell. He uh, used to work for me in the good old days. Just like you. Uh, as a matter of fact, the doctor is an uncle of his. You know, he's a really brilliant eye surgeon. Eye surgeon? Well, oh, what the heck, Abby. I've seen a dozen eye doctors already. I might as well see one more, huh? Well, I figured, what could it hurt? <laughs> yes, I, I suppose so. Joe? Hmm? Did this, uh... Does doctor have anything interesting to say? Oh, yes. Yes, very interesting. He, he uh, he said I could see you again. What? Joe. Joe, are you serious? Well, that's just what I said to him. Are you serious, Doc? You think you can give me my eyes back? And he said, sure, no problem. Daddy, I just can't believe this. Every doctor you saw said it was impossible, that the retina was destroyed. Oh, forget what those clowns said, Abby. Now I found me a man who knows what he's doing, and what he's doing is operating on me next week. The week after, it uh, depends upon his uh, schedule. Oh, Joe, this is incredible. It's terrific. Oh. It's, it's just fantastic. I've got to speak to this doctor. Uh, 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 you stay out of it, Abby. This is my deal, and I'll take care of it. As, uh... Matter of fact, you know, maybe Rick here can help me. Me? How? Yeah, yeah. I've got one more appointment with a doctor tomorrow, and Turk is on duty. Uh, hey, how about picking me up and delivering me there? Sure, Joe. That's a date. And here's the building, Joe. Medical Arts Center. Now, look, why don't I park here and take you right upstairs, huh? No. Forget it, Rick. I'm not going in there. What? I don't have an appointment, Rick. The truth is, I don't have a doctor. Joe, what's this all about? What was all that talk at dinner last night? That was for Evie's benefit. What I said last night, that's what I want Evie to believe. In fact, I want the whole world to believe it, Rick. But I need one guy who knows the truth. What truth? That was a lie, Rick. There's no doctor, no operation, and no hope for me ever seeing again. Is this your idea of a... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now I'm beginning to see. You're trying to fool Wolf Lang. I... Yes, that is almost a bullseye, Rick. I don't expect to trap Lang himself with this trick. Lang is too busy breathing. But his acid-throwing boy is going to be very, very upset when he hears that I'll soon be able to make visual identification. But, Joe, you won't be. He won't know that. Nobody will. Not even my own family. Only you and me, Rick. Now, look, Joe. I'm going to send the news out to all the papers and, and the TV reporters. And how I'm looking forward to the opportunity of seeing a mug book and identifying the guy who threw that stuff at me and my wife. And you know what he'll do, don't you, Joe? He'll try to knock you over before the operation. Yeah. Yeah, he probably will. 
You think you can trap this guy by setting yourself up as a target, huh? A game of blind man's bluff, huh? That's the game, Rick. And I don't intend to lose. Blind Man's Bluff is a children's game, of course. But Captain Joe Traeger is planning to play it with the big boys. And the stakes will be life or death. But when you're it in Blind Man's Bluff, you can always remove your blindfold when the game becomes serious. Joe Traeger can't. Will that difference cost him his life? We'll find out when we return with Act Two shortly. private detective Rick Pearson knows why the carpets were removed from all the floors in the little white house in Sausalito. He realizes why Captain Joe Traeger cherishes every squeaking floorboard, every noise producing element in his home that might give him warning of approaching danger. He knows that Joe Traeger is relying solely on his ears and his instincts to protect himself from the threat that is almost certain to come. But Rick Pearson doesn't have Joe Traeger's faith. Joe, you can't go through with this. You're still blind, and you can't stop a killer without your eyes. Uh, it's uh, it's too late to back down now, Rick. I've already sent out the word. It's in all the papers. It'll be on the 6 o'clock TV news tonight and all the radio stations in this town. Well, you can always retract it. Never. And you better not get any ideas about doing it for me. All right. All right, Joe. But just make sure you're protected. Leave town. Go someplace where Wolf Lang and his boys can't get to you. Until when, Rick? Until the operation, huh? You really want to be a decoy, Joe. That's all there is to it. A sitting duck. It is the only thing that is going to work. I can't make it too tough for this guy to get at me or he'll never make his play. But I have got to handle this my way, Rick. Joe, you won't have a chance. He'll get to you one way or another. A long-distance rifle. I'll stick to the house. He'll have to come in after me, and he will. Maybe in disguise, you know, a, a messenger or a pearman, something like that. Now, oh, he's going to try, Rick. Don't worry. And when he does, I will nail him. We'll nail him. We? Well, you're a private eye now, right? Your services are for hire, aren't they? Yeah, I'm for hire. Okay, then. You got a job. But I am worried, Daddy. Didn't you hear that man on the news program? He said that the local police were concerned about... about possible danger to you. Oh, no. Relax, Evie. They're, you know, just trying to sell newspapers. It was television, show. Okay, they were trying to sell soap or used cars or something. But there is nothing to worry about. Now, for one thing, well, you know where Wolf Lang is. But the man who threw the acid, he isn't in an iron lung. He's out there, walking the streets. Oh, and you think I should get protection, huh? See? Well, okay. I got it. That's why Rick is here. What? I've hired him. He is going to stay with us, Evie. So, fix up the guest room and find out what he likes for breakfast. Hey, what is this thing, Joe? It looks like an obstacle course. Well... I guess that's what it is. My backyard house, of course. Uh, the boys down the station house built it for me. Well, what's it for? Uh, I told you that I went to school for the blind. Well, uh, this is my postgraduate course now. Okay, yeah, watch. Hmm? Oh, be careful, Joe. Don't worry. Now, you're going to walk right into that wall. Uh, 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 I said don't worry. Because I'm going to stop right here. 
Okay, where am I, Rick? Hmm? That's pretty good. Your nose is six inches away from that thing. Another step, you would have had a broken nose. <laughs> well, it's really something, Rick. How you can actually uh, sense things in front of you. You know, you start feeling the uh, vibrations from solid objects. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, all right. I mean, my instructor at school said he never saw anybody learn to use that cane as fast as I did. See, I can stop right at any curb. I can tell you which way the traffic is going and when the light changes. Yeah, good for you. You know, see, you, you, learn, to, uh, you learn to hear things differently. Now, most people can't tell, you know, where sound is coming from. A bell rings to the left, so they turn to the right. But not me. A bell or a floorboard, right? That's it, Rick. Or a floorboard. Anybody gets into a room with me, I will know it. And I'll know exactly where he is. And whether or not he's got a gun? Ah, uh, uh, that won't matter. I've got a gun too, Rick. Joe, you're crazy, you know that. And I'm crazy to let you go ahead with this. This is important to me. Not because of my eyes. That's bad enough. But because of Sylvia. Because of what he did to my wife. Come in. Is it all right? You weren't about to go to bed? No, no. I was just reading. I just want to talk to you a minute about Daddy. That's all we ever talk about, isn't it? It's been almost two weeks now since Dad made the announcement about the operation. Yeah, that's right. But he never goes to see that doctor anymore. Why, Rick? Well, uh, the doctor's busy. You see, that's why there's all this delay. I'd feel so much better if I could see this doctor. Talk to him. Abby. Abby, you have to be prepared for, uh... Well, you see, these things don't come with money-back guarantees. You think the operation may fail? Well, I think you have to be ready for that. Daddy's so sure. Well, you know your father. He's an optimist if I ever met one. The only thing that ever depressed him was what happened to my mother. Yeah, and how about you, Evie? How are your spirits? I do my best. You're kind of buried in this house, though, aren't you? You don't have any life of your own. Now you sound like Daddy. Well, maybe Daddy's right. I mean, you're one heck of a beautiful girl, Evie. I'll bet there are 40 dozen guys out there who'd like to do something about that. No, there aren't. Well, there's one in here who does. Good Lord. Oh, Rick, what was that? Sounded like a gun to me. Joe? Joe, where are you? Eddie! All right, Eddie, in here. Oh, no. No, Rick, he's being shot. Joe. No, I'm, 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 I'm okay, oh, Rick. I'm Eddie. all right. I'm came through the window. Eddie, I'm all right. Eddie, get on the phone. Call for an ambulance. Yes, yes. Take it easy, Joe. Oh, Take boy. It easy. It's not serious, Rick. It is, and they just got me in the arm. It bounced oh. right off me. Yeah, sure, I know. You're Superman. Yeah, that is... Only a flesh wound, Rick. Now, uh, uh, look. Look, you can even see where the bullet ricocheted off the wall. <laughs> it was one lousy shot. Oh. They said they'd be here in ten minutes. Daddy, you're in pain. I made a tourniquet Sorry. for him. I know he's right about the wound. The bullet just grazed him. Listen, I am okay, Evie. I swear I am. Now, look. You go look after your mother. Will you stop worrying about me? Then it's really true. Someone is out to kill you, Daddy. Just because you told people about the operation. Nobody is going to kill me, sweetheart. Now go to your mother, huh? Well, come.
company, Joe. Yeah, yeah, come in, Rick. Everybody's left downstairs, but I heard something about the bullet they dug out of the wall. Huh? What about it? It was a 38 slug, Joe. Oh, not a long-distance rifle, huh? Well, you're wrong about that, Rick. Well, I hope I'm wrong about my next theory. What's that? That bullet could have come from a police special. Oh, God, now you have got crooked cops on the brain, Rick. Look, Wolf Lang didn't have that many friends. So will you stop guessing? No, I'm only making one guess, Joe, that if you keep up this hoax, you're going to get killed. Rick, please. I don't care what you have to do to get him to listen to reason. Heavy, I've tried. He's the stubbornest man in the world. He'll be the deadest man soon. You know that hoodlum is trying to get him. Maybe not. Maybe if he failed the first time, he will... Do you know what I think? I think Daddy wants him to try again. Now, that is silly. I really believe it. I think that Daddy would like him to come around again and maybe get caught the next time. He wants that man so much, Rick... He hates him for what he did. Well, maybe we can't blame him for that. But there's nothing he can do about the man. The advantage is all his. Yeah, I know. That's what I've told your father. If only he could be taken into protective custody until the operation. Isn't that only logical? Rick, I asked you a question. I heard you. Then why don't you answer me? Why can't Daddy be protected by the police until the day of the operation? Because, because that might be a long, long time, Ebby. What are you saying? Ebby, Ebby, your father would kill me if he knew I was telling you this. And you mustn't tell anyone else. Do you understand? Not your mother, your father, any of your father's friends, nobody. What is it? There isn't going to be any operation. What? There never was an operation. There is no brilliant eye surgeon who can restore your father's sight. The whole thing is a hoax. It's a phony right from the beginning. But you went with him. Yeah, I went with him, all right. I played along with Joe because he asked me to, because it meant so much to him. What did? Oh, oh no, Rick. You don't mean the whole thing was just to catch that man? It was a lousy idea, Effie. I didn't like it then, and I'd like it even less now. He was just setting himself up, forcing that man out into the open. The man that Wolf Lang sent. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's doing. And there's no way to stop it now. But there has to be a way. We can get a retraction printed. No, no, Evie. Wolf Lang would never believe it, especially after the shooting. They'll think we're just trying to save his neck. But there must be something we can do. Yeah. I've thought of one thing. I don't know if it'll work or not, but maybe it's the only thing to do. What's that? I'm going to see Mr. Wolf Lang. Rick Pearson has a tough job on his hands. He must convince a man who has to breathe mechanically to let another man go on breathing. But will Wolf Lang be sympathetic? Will he believe that Joe Traeger's lie is actually a lie? Or has Joe Traeger started something that can only be stopped by tragedy? We'll find out when we return to Act Three. in the 
Tobacco Memorial Hospital. Rick Pearson is pulling into its well-paved parking lot and looking admiringly at its white stone magnificence. In one of those expensive rooms, Wolf Lang, retired gangster, lives in an iron prison from which he escapes only for a few minutes a day. But there was one thing in Rick Pearson's favor. Mr. Lang had no objection to seeing him. Mr. Lang was very glad of the company. Nobody comes around anymore. Nobody. Not even my so-called loving wife. Sorry to hear that, Mr. Lang. You're a cop, right? No, not a cop. Private investigator. Same thing. I'm also a friend of Joe Traeger's. Traeger. Yeah, I know that name, all right. A lot of cops have come here asking me questions about him. And what were your answers? I gave them all one answer. I'll give it to you if you're interested. I didn't have nothing to do with what happened to the guy. I see. Is that all you wanted to know? Because that's old news, Buster. Very old news. No, it's not all. I'm also interested in what's happening to Traeger right now. Like what? There's been an attempt on his life. I don't think it's the last one either. That's too bad. But like you said, mister, I got my own trouble. Traeger told everybody he was going to have an operation, get his eyesight back again. Now, that means he'd be able to identify the man who threw the acid in his face and his wife's. I wish him luck. Well, that was a foolish thing to do, of course, making a big public announcement about the operation. That was asking for trouble. Cops always ask for trouble. Killing Joe Traeger isn't going to cure you, Wolf. I'm telling you it isn't true. I got no contract on the guy. Now get out of here. I don't want company that bad. I'm not saying you got a contract. What I'm suggesting is maybe your boy is doing this on his own. What boy? Your acid-throwing friend. I told you... Look, I'm not here to get a confession out of you. Enough people tried that and didn't succeed. All I wanted to tell you is this. If Joe Traeger gets killed, a lot of people will be sore at you, Wolf. The whole police department's going to be angry. They might even forget their manners. They might just come around here and kick the plug out of your machine. Who knows? I... I don't want that kind of talk. You don't have the kind of protection you used to have, Wolf. Your friends don't think of you anymore. You're an easy mark. This iron lung of yours could make a nice coffin. Get out of here, I say. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go as soon as you tell me about your boy. Okay. His name was Jake. Something like that. I didn't send him with that acid. It was his own idea. He thought he'd be doing me a favor, that I'd be grateful. I threw the punk out on his ear. You ask anybody. All right, all right. What happened to him then? Who knows? Last I heard of Jake, he was picked up by the narcotics rap. Go ask the cops. All right. I will. And thanks, Wolf. I'm telling you the truth, Pearson. I never sent that kid to Traeger's store. If I'd wanted to stop Traeger, I'd have done something final. Yeah, sure, Wolf. I hope you'll find that punk. I really do. Cowardly dog, said Prince John. 
Sarah Loxley, do thou shoot. But if thou hittest such a mark, I will say thou art the first man ever did so. Hey, that sounds pretty good. Huh. Oh, is that you, Rick? Yeah, that's me. What's going on here? I'm reading Ivanhoe to Daddy. Yeah, it's about all those knights, Rick. You know, they uh, weren't that much different from the cops. I don't see the resemblance. Except they were pretty thick in the head, too. Joe, I've got to talk to you. We're almost at the end of the chapter. Yeah, well, i got a story to tell Joe, too. Can't I listen? Please, Eddie. Just give me ten minutes, huh? Uh, Go on, Abby, will you? You That's the way these private eyes are. You know, they like privacy. All right. But if it's anything I should know, I want to hear it. Okay, uh, close the door on your way out. Okay, Rick. What's up? You look pretty grim. How would you know? (laughs) You sound grim, so I figured you looked it, too. Joe, I've been out talking to people. Yeah? What kind of people? Joe, did you see the guy who threw the acid? Now, look, I... Tell me again, huh? Did you actually see his face? Yeah. So that's what's bugging you. Well, all right. No. No, all I got was a flash. I I couldn't pick him out of a mug file, even if I did have one. But do you remember anything about him, the slightest detail? Well, he had dirty blonde hair and a long sideburns. How about his eyes? Uh, no, nothing. Height, build? Medium height, you know, on the thin side. Nothing else? No, no. Joe. Hmm? Have you ever heard of a hood named Fred Jekyll, sometimes known as Duke Jekyll? No. He worked for Wolf Lang for a while, then he quit or got fired and went to work as a pusher. Uh, no, no, don't know him. He was uh, about five feet nine, weighed 150 maybe, dirty blonde hair, long sideburns. So? So, he might have been the acid thrower, Joe. Oh, Rick, if you know that, let's nail this guy. Now, there's only one problem. He's been nailed into his coffin. Ah. Well, all right. Okay, who said he's the acid thrower? Wolf Lang said so. Lang? Yes, I went to see him today. I went to the hospital and I told him the truth, that he won't do himself any good by getting you killed, that it's all a bluff. You did that to me? I did that for you, Joe. Go on. Get out of here, Rick. What? I don't want you in my house anymore. Now, wait a minute, Joe. You heard me. I don't like Judas's. I asked you to help me because I thought you were my friend. I am your friend. And that's why I don't want to see you kill yourself. And that's what you're doing. Wolf Lang lied to you. He gave you the name of some dead punk to throw you off the trail. Maybe. I just don't know. All I know is you won't have a chance against anyone who wants you dead. You're not going to win this war, Joe. You might as well know it. Let him come around and we'll see. I'll, I'll be ready for him. Yeah, without eyes? Yes. Hey, hey, what are you doing? I just turned off the lights, Rick. Now, what's the matter? Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, come hmm? on, now, stop playing games, oh, no, Joe. No, 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 you better not move too quick. You don't know your way around this room. Now you're liable to trip over something and break your neck. Put the lights on, huh? <laughs> hey, would you stop there? Hey, see, I got you right <clears throat> now. Try to get out of this. <clears throat> you're choking me, Joe. Go on, fight back. Go ahead. Joe, Joe, cut it out. I don't feel like wrestling. Okay, then, let's see how good your punch is. <clears throat> oh. Oh. Okay, Rick, come on. Get up. Go on, get up. Take a slug at me. If you can hit me. How do you expect me to fight you in... Uh, in the dark, Riggs? Oh, the dark, yeah. But don't forget, I'm in the dark all the time. And when that punk comes around here, he'll be in the dark, too. Now, get out of here. You don't mean that, Joe. I mean it. I don't need you anymore. You are fired as of now. How'd you know where to find me? You left those hotel matches all over this house when you moved in. 
I thought you'd move back there. Rick, you've got to come back. I can't. Your old man fired me. Joe thinks he can take care of anything, you but know. he can't. I know he can't. Eddie. Eddie, call the cops. Joe has dozens of friends on the force. He won't let me. He'd throw them all out the minute they arrived. Rick, you're the only person he'll listen to. Well, he didn't listen to me tonight. I told him to quit playing this game, but he threw me out. But he did more than that. He knocked me down. Yes, he told me about that, too. He was boasting about it. How he turned off the lights and got the better of you. Yeah, well, there was one thing he didn't know, Eddie. When I was on the floor, I lit one of those matches. If I had a gun, I could have killed him. You're scaring me even more. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Listen, what's he doing right now? Sitting in his study, just sitting there with a rifle on his lap. He really thinks something is going to happen tonight, huh? He said something about Wolf Lang making a move. Because of your visit to the hospital. All right, Eddie. I'm coming back. Come on, Abby, answer it. Oh, no. Abby? Abby, open up! Rick! Thank heaven you're here. I heard a shot. It was Dad. He thought he heard someone. All right, let's get in there. Okay, what happened to the lights? He turned them off, all of them, from the main switch. I've got a flashlight. Eddie, is that you? Yes, Dad. And me, Joe. What the devil are you doing here? Just a social call, Joe. No charge. He's in the house, Rick. Now, listen, I heard him moving around in the cellar, and I went after him. I took a shot, but I didn't get him. All right, let me go look. I can take care of this myself. Abby, give me the flashlight. Oh, oh, sir. Kitchen door. Every door in this house slams different. Joe, for Pete's sake, will you stay where you are? If he's in here, he is mine. Let me go first, please. Daddy, let him. Let him. Just be careful, Rick. Okay, friend. If you're in there, I just want you to know I've got more than a flashlight. I've got a gun. Hold it. Don't move. Hold it, I said. Mrs. Trigger. Now, now, will you stop? Now, look, I don't want to hurt you. I thought... Now, wait a minute. Mrs. Trigger, please. Now, Mrs. Trigger, put the gun down. Rick! Stand back, Abby. Daddy went to turn the lights on. Abby. Abby, it's your mother. Mother? I thought you were in bed asleep. Rick, what's going on? She has a gun, Abby. That's a 38 police special she's got there. Mother... Mother, please, put the gun down. There go the lights. Mother, what's the matter? Will you be careful, Evie? It's Daddy's gun. He must have taken it from his closet. He must have heard the noise and, and been frightened. No. No, Evie. I'm afraid it's more than that. What? What's going on here? Yes, Rick. You all right? Yes. Are the police still here? They're just leaving. Evie, nothing's going to happen to your mother. Thank heaven she didn't hurt Daddy again. That was because of you, Rick. Because you saved him. Now, all I did was push him. Besides, I had to earn that fee he paid me. I still can't accept what happened. That... Mother was the one who tried to kill him. 
You see, Eddie, she believed your father's story, too. She believed he was going to have that operation and get his sight back. And that meant that uh, he would have seen her. And in her mind, she would rather have had him dead. I heard him tell her the truth. I heard him say he'd never be able to see her face. That he'd just have to remember how beautiful she was. There were no charges brought against Sylvia Traeger for the attempted murder of her husband. Nor did Joe Traeger ever feel the need for revenge again. In case you're wondering about Evie Traeger and Rick Pearson, well, this is the radio mystery theater, not the theater of romance. But we'll tell you this much. Rick now calls Joe Traeger Pop. I'll be back with another word shortly. was revenge that motivated the life of Joe Traeger during the years of his suffering. But he learned the lesson we could all take to heart, that revenge is just a way of keeping our wounds from healing. And he learned something else, too. As some wise man once said, living well is the best revenge. Joe Traeger is living well now. He's accepting what has to be accepted, finding the contentment that many people with all five senses intact never learn. Especially if they lack that sixth sense, the sense of humor. Our cast included Larry Haynes, Earl Hammond, and Roberta Maxwell. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Dislocation? It would bomb out just about everything our society is based on. Well, the short-term adjustment would be severe, I don't deny that. Temporary chaos... The gain would be long-range, not immediate. Ooh, scares me. <laughs> no kidding, you, you, you don't know what you've got here. Oh, yes, I know. What I have here is a device, a ridiculously simple little device which would make the air we breathe sweet and pure again. Make the oceans, the lakes, and the rivers habitable for marine creatures. Put an end to nervous breakdowns from the sheer clamor of civilization. As you say, destroy everything today's society is based on. Well, uh, today's society isn't exactly utopia, I, I know that, but uh, Sid, it's the only society we've got. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.